Welcome back to another episode of Rare. This week we are back at work. That's right, we are talking about some more worker placement games. Well, enough of the details. Let's roll the dice and get this episode started. Welcome back! Talking about some more worker placement games. Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ashley. And here we are again. Back to work. Back to work. <laughs> the worker placements. They, the last time we talked about worker placements, we were like, you know, we really like worker placement games. So here we are, talking about more worker placement games. <laughs> I, I've talked about mine in another episode, but they're also worker placement games. I talked about them in the set collection episode, but they're also worker placements, so they're making a comeback again. They're also back to work. <laughs> Double duty. <laughs> ho ho! But, I mean, there's, like, a lot of games that have multiple... I don't know. I, I don't want to say components, but mechanics. Mechanics. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. So, like, worker placement and hand management and rolling rights and, like, these can all be one type of game. And, I mean, that would be a really bizarre game. <laughs> that would be a really bizarre game. <laughs> Sounds uh, like we have a game to make. <laughs> I think, for the most part, the ones I'm going to be talking about are not, like, strictly worker placement, but they're more, like, I would consider these worker placements rather than something else. Mm -hmm. But one of them does have, like, an extra mechanic to it that's not in every worker placement. Oh, that's good. That's that fun. makes sense. I think, I mean... I got you, and I'm the one here right now, so I'm the important when one. You're the only one that matters. <laughs> For now. For now. I'm the important one. <laughs> All right. Well, do you, do you want me to start? Yeah. Since you, I got... Okay. You start. Well, I'm going to go from... I'm, I'm going to try to go, like, complexity-wise, like, simple to, like, more complex. Like, you should probably play some worker placements before you play some of, like, mm. the later ones. Yeah. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about might be hard to find, but that's not to say that they won't come out with, like, another edition, because sometimes they'll come out with, like, a second or third edition if they plan on, like, re-releasing a game. Um, but you could probably find this one on, like, Board Game Geek in, like, the store or on eBay or something. And it's called... Stone Age. So, Stone Age is kind of how it sounds, like you're a bunch of, like, early human civilization, and you're just trying to go about your business. You gotta, you gotta farm, you gotta get your 
resources to make buildings and attract people to help you get points. Because, like in most worker placements, whoever has the most points at the end of the game <laughs> wins. <laughs> but um, Stone Age is actually like super, super simple. Um, you start off with five workers, and um, you'll use those workers to maybe go hunting, go get some lumber, bricks, rocks, gold. Um, but the thing is, is like once you place your workers down, you can't place more workers in that same spot later. So you have to like decide how many workers you want to go to each location. And then some locations have limited space. So like the more people you play with, the less of a chance you might have to have okay. more workers in a specific location. And also how it works is like food is the easiest resource to get and gold is the hardest resource to get. So when you're rolling, you will have to roll dice. So when you're rolling dice to see like how many resources you get, you take the number of meat or of meeples that you put down. So say hunting, you took three. So you get to roll three dice. And then whatever you roll for food, you take that number divided by two. That's how much food you get. Mm. For wood, you take that number divided by three. Brick, take that number divided by four. Stone, divide by five. And gold, divide by six. Wow. So it's like the more people you have at the place, the better or a higher chance of a number you're getting. And then you have to divide it depending on what resource you're getting. Um, but there are cards that you can use to, and you pay resources for those. And it's one of those things where there's four cards. The one on one side is cheaper than the other side. And as you buy cards, they move down. So you could kind of wait for a good card to come out. But don't wait too long because somebody else might get that card. <laughs> but some of the cards, they might give you victory points. They might let you roll a die to get a free resource. Some of them just come with a free resource. Um, there is a little bit of a set collection going on. Like if you get like so much of a set you'll get that many like extra bonus points at the end of the game um there's tools that you can um go and get and the tools will let you um adjust the die so there's like a one two three and four so um if you have a one you can add one to a die face two two to a die face three etc um there's also uh uh, like a harvest track that you want to keep track of. Um, if you go to the location that lets you up your harvest, you go up on the track, and that is a bonus food that you get because at the end of each like round, you have to feed your tribe. And if you don't feed your tribe, you lose resources. Um, and then there's also the mating hut. <laughs> So you can put two meeples there and you can make another meeple <laughs> because they're, it's a, it's a primitive game. It's stone age. You, you have babies so you can go do more things. <laughs> that is um, how so that you, works. <laughs> uh, so you start off with five and you could have a max of 10. So you could go to that hut five times. <laughs> But that's one of those spaces where there's only two spaces. So if you take up those two spaces, nobody else is going to the mating hut that turn. <laughs> but and 
generally that is how it works. You're just trying to get resources to, oh, there's also buildings that you can buy and you have to pay resources for that. So you're, you're getting resources to pay for cards or to make buildings. You're trying to collect food so you can feed your tribe. You're trying to grow your tribe because uh, there are some cards that you get points based off it's times the number of meeples you have. So you want to have more of those to get more points at the end. And it's just an all-around fun game. The The theme is pretty fun, especially with, like, the mating hut. I, I think that's, like, a fun little, <laughs> little touch for the, the theme of this game. But as far as worker placements go, there's not a whole lot extra on there. It's just one board. Um, all the pieces fit on that board. There's, there's just, there's not a whole lot going on. Your, your choices are pretty simple. Um, there's not a whole lot of complexity. There's still a lot of strategy to the game, like in all worker placements. But as far as worker placements go, it's, I think, a good starting point to, like, understand the mechanics of worker placement, um, to help decide what choices are best and just trying to get those points. It's just an easy starter worker placement game, in my opinion. And that's Stone Age. Stone Age! That does seem pretty fun. Get into the mating hut. <laughs> Super simple. So simple. Um, well, I guess I will talk about uh, my simple worker placement which is Takaido 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 so Takaido is two to five players and it's about um, 45 minutes of gameplay I, I know when we've played it we normally play it I think with like four or five people I think normally four is where we play at and I feel like it's it can be longer than 45 minutes, but it can also definitely be shorter than 45 minutes just because we're all like boom, 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 doing our turns real quick. And I really like Takaido because it is very thematic and it's a journey across Japan. And I, I really like it because you can choose to play like forwards or backwards and you can kind of mix it up and you can even like double your game time by like doubling it by going forwards and then also going backwards um we've never done it because we generally we'll play like multiple different games we won't like keep playing the same game but the worker placement aspect comes in is that the the movement is all along basically one line and there are different actions that can happen between point A and point B. And you want to try and hit as many actions as possible between point A and point B. Because when you get to point B, which is the restaurant where you get fed, you're kind of, that's a stopping point and waiting for everybody to catch up. Because the last player always moves first in it too. And... The more people that play it, the turn order kind of gets like jumbled really quickly because you're just basing off of the piece that's like behind everybody all the time. 
um, that makes it a little bit complicated because a lot of people will forget and they'll move like one space, but they're still like behind everybody. So they actually get to keep going until they're like in front of somebody again. And on some of the actions, the actions are like you can donate to the temple and that gets you points at the end of the game. Um, or you can stop at the shop and buy some items and those you make sets with. That's why this game was also part of like the set collection is you're making sets with the souvenirs you're buying from the stores. Um, you can stop at a field and get some gold because you're working in the field and helping out. Um, you can stop at a spa and just get some points for the end of the game. Um, or you can stop and uh, work on your panorama and there are three different panoramas to complete there's like a short one a medium one and a long one and um, there's multiple spaces across the board um, and once you complete it you don't need to stop at them if you stop at them after you completed it you're kind of just blocking it for other players and that's not really the vibe of this game this game is like being a dick yeah <laughs> The, the vibe of this game is way, like, it is strategic and, like, you want to stop and get what you want, but it's not, like, it's it's a very chill, it's very calm, like, the colors on the board itself are, are pretty soothing, there's a lot of, like, whites and light blues and pale pinks, it's, like, it's very chill and tranquil for being, you know, a kind of aggressive game because you're there are minimal spaces for each spot you stop at like some spots there will be two and other spots there will only be one space and so that's what makes it a worker placement because how you move is also kind of like the action you're taking that turn and then when you get to the restaurant everybody takes a turn in eating something at the restaurant and you can also not eat the same thing twice. So that's another way you can kind of be a dick is, uh, oh, this person has already eaten dumplings. I want to make sure that only dumplings are left for them when they come to the restaurant. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, and then there are, um, there are expansions for the game. We have one of them which added some new characters and it adds some more cards to the sets. Um, it's nothing like super crazy and wild and out there because it's a overall it's a fairly simple game. Um, there are different characters that give you like different abilities. Like there's one where you're basically a, an orphan and you get I think food for like only one coin. Like no matter what the food is, I think you only have to pay one coin for the food sort of thing so excuse me sir i'm a sad little orphan <laughs> um and there's different characters that do different things like there might be one that um you can when you donate to the temple i think you take one from the bank and donate that instead of like from your own pile or something like that so like everybody has a different kind of ability and um it doesn't really like it definitely affects the gameplay but it's it's kind of like only affecting it for you because it's like your personal journey across japan and 
Takedo holds like a little special place in my heart because it's it's one of one of the first board games we kind of bought to start our collection with. So it's a it's a nice game we break out. <laughs> Reminisce. And that's Takedo. Takedo. All right. I'm kind of debating on which one's like the next easiest i guess but i think <laughs> i think i'm gonna go with kingsburg like this one's gonna like if you were to look at a picture of it like this one's definitely gonna look more complicated than stone age because like i said stone age is like super simple looking um but it is it's not as hard as it looks um but this one instead of having like little worker meeple peoples <laughs> to like place around the board it's just it's a dice worker placement so you're just rolling dice every turn um so each player is going to get like three dice and then uh you, you'll go in turn order and you'll like roll your dice and then you can split up your dice however you want uh when placing your dice but uh there's a board and the numbers go from it goes from one to seventeen or no, sorry, one to eighteen. Okay, I was like, seventeen's a weird number. <laughs> no, sorry, the king was like on the other side of the queen. Oh, so it goes from one to eighteen. So when you're rolling your dice, like if you have a, a one and a two and a three, as long as nobody else goes on one or two or three, you can have three workers out, or you can combine them. So like one, two, and three would be six. You can put all three of them on the six. Oh. Okay. Or uh, one on one and then the two and three on five. Okay. So you can split up however you want, but if somebody puts their dice on a person, that person is blocked. You cannot put your dice on that person. So a lot of times if everybody rolls a bunch of twos, like you're all going to be fighting about over two. Yeah, all the even numbers. So you will, sometimes you will have to pass. Um, but this game, like, in other worker placements, like, there's some things that will trigger the end of the game. This one is, um, there's only so many game rounds. So, on each game round, you'll go through all the seasons. So, you'll go spring, summer, fall, winter. And then at the end of the winter, you'll kind of do, like, a prepare for like the next year and it goes over five years so oh. you'll do the spring summer fall winter five times at the end of the fifth time the game's over um so throughout the game you will uh, roll your dice and you'll get resources and then everybody has a uh it's called a province sheet and what it is is a bunch of like different buildings and once you get the resources, you can build those buildings, and those buildings will give you bonuses for, like, the rest of the game. So, uh, maybe they'll let you, maybe they'll give you a certain amount of points for something at the end of the game, or, um, this one has, like, enemy cards. So at the end of each year, quote-unquote, you have to fight monsters or, like, uh, enemies, so maybe the the thing will give you like a plus one when fighting the enemy or a plus two when fighting the enemy. I don't know. Maybe they'll give you just like more knights for fighting the enemy. Mm -hmm. 
So that's like one thing you do have to keep track of, which adds like a little bit more of a strategy thing is like you do have to um, try to up like your like army track. Like you want to get your army track up. So just in case like you like because everybody has to fight the enemy at the end of the year. So you want your track to be up there so you know that you can cover that guy because as the years go on the enemies get stronger and harder to fight so you <laughs> want and then i think there's also something where um if you're higher up on the track like you'll get like you can get like an extra bonus point if you're like the highest one on that fighting track well, so <laughs> other than that i mean there are a couple like smaller things that you you want to keep track of there's something called like the king's envoy um and if you get the king's envoy then he helps you like on the next turn but if you don't use him by the end of the year you lose him so you, i think you get him after like summer and you have to use him before winter or you don't get to use him at all uh. um and then with kingsburg now i think i don't know i think this might be the second edition and it comes with an expansion in it already. Um, we haven't played with the expansion yet. <laughs> we haven't played with the expansion yet because every time we do get this out, we are usually teaching it to somebody for oh, the first time. Yeah. So we don't want to include the expansion. So we, we, we've yet to use the expansion. But it looks like it adds like different types of cards and... Um, here it says like governor cards and like destiny cards mm -hmm. so it might have something to play on like what's going on during the game and then maybe like a goal for the end of the game or something oh, okay. like that but it, it's it's pretty fun um there's definitely some like take that moments especially with like grouping the dice if somebody you know somebody is going to be wanting something and you don't want to have to pass on your turn yeah. on your dice. You might take the spot that you know somebody else is wanting, but a lot of the times if people are fighting over a specific person, it's because they have good resources. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, like, uh, just some examples, like, a one, you just get, like, a free victory point. Mm -hmm. You just get a victory point. On a four, you can choose between gold or wood. Um, a ten, you can up your um, like fighting track like twice, and then you can like look at the the card on the enemy stack and kind of get like a peek of what it's going to be. And so maybe you know that oh, it's a goblin and it's like a strength of four, but nobody else knows that unless they get a ten as well, mm. kind of thing. So there's just different things. And then there's also like little like plus two markers um, that you can add to your dice to kind of like bump up your dice. So instead of like, so if you have the one, two, and three, instead of putting them all on a six, you can use your plus two to make it an eight mm. or something like that. Okay. So it's, like I said, it, it, it's, it looks really complicated. Um, the rules... There's a lot to the rules because, like, on the rounds, there's so much to do because you do have the spring 
and the summer, fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. But once you get going and you kind of like understand like that section of the game, it, it runs pretty smoothly, and I I feel like it's pretty easy to pick up. So that's Kingsburg. Yeah, that doesn't sound too too bad to pick up, honestly. Like just from you talking about it, I feel like I could probably play it pretty quickly, yeah. you know. And like I'm pretty sure I said this the last time we talked about worker placements, like worker placements always look super super complicated. Mm-hmm. Like if you are were to look at a picture of any worker placement, you'd be like Oh my god, what does this all mean? <laughs> but a, a lot of times it's this once you learn what a certain like picture means and a lot of times they're kind of self-explanatory anyway, like if you see a little picture of, you know, a log, you know that you're going to get a log. <laughs> like, it's log but, time. But typically once you learn the iconography or what the little pictures mean, it's it's super easy. Like you can just look at it and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go here and get all this stuff, and then mm. go over here and get all this stuff." It's it's mostly just getting resources to be able to do something else, which will eventually get you points. Yeah, because like, and I know a lot of the time with worker placement games, they generally have like a little bit of like a cheat sheet for like the icons, or a lot of the time yeah. the icons will just match another icon that does like this icon does this icon sort of thing so it's like they mm-hmm. they match up so it's yeah it's just more of like a for reference and kind of like thematic instead of saying like uh you know everything is like i mean kingsburg kind of does that where it's like ones twos threes like instead of just having everything as numbers they've just made like oh this is logs or this is gold you know that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. but like a worker placement i feel like is a lot of like resource gathering too exactly what it is so if you're if you're into like resource gathering games you're probably like worker placements (laughs) if you like minecraft if you like terraria if you like Animal Crossing. Yeah. You'd probably like worker placements. Yeah. So if you're you're into like this kinds of games, worker placements are probably your jam. Um That's my jam. <laughs> it's my jam. I am going to talk about Kanagawa. Which is another game I talked about, I think, in the set collection episode. <laughs> I like getting uh Asian up in here. <laughs> Games are really pretty, okay? The art's gorgeous. They are pretty. They are very nice. Um, Kanagawa is two to four players, and it's about 45 minutes again. Um, this is another game that seems kind of more complicated until you get the hang of it and get going with it. Because when I, when I talked about it before... You you have um you have paint pots and you have pictures and you're trying to get paints to paint more pictures and making sets of seasons. Um, that's the tricky part I found when I played. I wasn't super paying attention to the seasons and like how they all flowed together. And I got really lucky with how my seasons were working out. Um. But the the worker placement kind of happens with Kanagawa because as you collect paints, 
you need to get your like paint brushes on those paints to collect paintings and um to do that you only have so many like paint pots which means you can only collect so many and you can only move them i think what one spot every turn so you're gonna have to like strategize on how you're moving your paint pots when you're moving your paint pots in order to collect the paintings on your turn and you do get the option because there's like a little tableau and there's some that are like flipped up and some that are flipped down and you're not really sure what you're getting when it's flipped down you have somebody who has the master token um, and when they have the master token they are first and there are some spots on like where you move your paint pot that you can also get the the master token which means you would be first until somebody else takes the master token and then when you have the master you're kind of the one that gets to decide first on if you are going to i think it's the wording is like be done with school and say you're finished and you can take a row or you can keep learning um but like the the core is like collecting paints to paint more paintings and get more seasons it's kind of like the core of the game and it's going to seem complicated because there's a lot going on on the cards and there's paint pots <laughs> and it's kind of set up a little bit weirdly because you're making your own like little tableau in front of you with all your paintings that you're painting and but overall once you get rolling with it it's it's pretty quick it's very pretty it's another one of those like there's i wouldn't say it's like an aggressive game it's kind of like takaido where there is like strategy involved and you're kind of going against other players but it's it's pretty you know calming the the colors are you know very light and bright and there's not like super dark ones are not like aggressive colors and i think that like that really speaks about a game too it's like the colors of the game really like kind of set you in the mood for how the game is is played and you know the vibes i'm all vibey today i don't know why <laughs> you're just feeling it bro i'm feeling it <laughs> um but yeah, that is is Kanagawa. Got some things going on for worker placements. It's very nice. It's like Takedo and Kanagawa are both like set collecting worker placement games. They're very like hand in hand. Mm-hmm. All right. So my next one, drum roll. One that you've played, <laughs> so you can help. You can help me talk about it. Yeah. It is called Everdell. And it is so freaking cute. It's adorable. So this one definitely is more complicated in setup because in the base game, it comes with a board, which is differently shaped than most boards. It's not a rectangle. It's more ovally a little bit. (laughs) 
And it comes with, like, a little tree that you can make, and you have to put it together and, like, take it apart. But it's not super complicated, and it does add to the theme, and it is super fun and super cute. It does. You put things on it. (laughs) Yeah. So, for Everdale, it is a mix of a worker placement and a tableau building. So, uh, I know Ashley mentioned tableau with uh, Kanagawa. So, what a tableau is, is, like, you're basically making like a table or a grid of something so in this one you are making it your tableau is your city that you're making that will have critters and buildings in it and uh your city or tableau is considered full uh, when it has 15 cards in it so they suggest doing like uh three rows of five cards to get your 15 And then on your turn, there's uh, various different things you can get. You can get some berries, you can get some resin, you can get stones and logs. And what you do with those is you uh, use those resources to build buildings or to buy critters. Um, A fun little mechanic that they put in this, though, is like if you buy a building, it is usually associated with a specific type of critter. So if you have the building and then you have a card of the critter that goes with it or it is on the table because there's you can build stuff from your hand or from what's considered the meadow and you can use the building to bring the critter into your city for free but then there's like little doors that you have to put on that card saying that you used that specific card to get that specific critter for free so typically you pay berries for critters or you can use the building to get the critters. Um, and then what the tree does is the tree holds um, more workers because you only start off with two workers. Yes, two workers. Okay. <laughs> and uh, as it, you play throughout a year, so you start in, in uh, technically winter, I guess, and then you go into spring and you get another worker. Then summer, you get another worker. And then fall, you actually get two workers because by that time you're preparing, you know, for that winter, the next winter to come. And you want to make sure you have all hands on deck to get as much as you can for the following winter. And that's kind of the theme of it. Um, The tree also holds like objective cards. So if you have like a specific building and a specific critter, you can put a worker on that card and it will sometimes give you a bonus of extra resources or just extra points at the end of the game. Um, The tree also is kind of hollow on the inside and that's where your deck of cards sit. I thought that was super cute. Very cute. I love it so much. Um, And then there's like ways... Sometimes you you find your hand is full of a bunch of things that you don't really need. You're finding that your critters are not meshing well together with what you're kind of going for. Um, so are, there are ways to like discard cards and then you can get more resources. And then at the end of the game, you can also just discard cards to get uh, victory points. Um, and then there's like uh, other special events. Like if you have so many of a certain type of card... Um, You can get bonus points for that. And then um, there's also production phases. So if you have a card that has a production on it, like uh, anytime you have a production, maybe you'll get uh, a log. Anytime production happens, you get a log. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's all about like 
kind of finding the flow and the synergy in the different cards between like the critters and the the buildings and trying to get like a decently functional city going on to get you know those bonus points at the end of the yeah game. you want to do like combos so like you mm. you build a building and you have that critter and then you can like bing 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 on like different things because isn't there one that gets you i guess it's logs <laughs> where it's like yeah. at, at the start of like every season based on like however many types of that building you have you get like that many logs or something ridiculous <laughs> yeah something like that so uh there's different types of cards um production being one of them so whenever you play a production card you get the resource and then whenever a production happens you also get that resource there's also some cards that happen um once you play them but they only have like a one-time effect there's some that have spots on them so like you could actually place your workers on the cards that are in your city or even somebody else's city and it'll let you do something um so it's kind of like an extra spot for your workers to go to there's some cards that only do things like at the end of the game like um like i think the king you get so many points for like each like unique building that's in your city or something like that Mm -hmm. so there's just like there's different types of cards that do different things so um you you kind of want to balance that if you if you want a lot of production go for the production if you Mm -hmm. want a lot of like in-game bonuses go for those cards um it's a lot of just building a little city with little Mm -hmm. little critters doing cute things because they're super cute (laughs) Uh, and this game is actually like on Board Game Geek. It is, I think, one of like an overall top game, and it's. I would be surprised. It's, it's so good. Yeah, it's also one of the top six like worker placement games. Like it's it's ranked very highly. Uh, I it's a very good game. It's it is so freaking cute. I mean, you get like little like they're not even like cardboard tokens they're like actual like little logs and like little stones and like the little berries and they're like rubbery it's so, they're so cute <laughs> like this this is a game that i think would probably be worth like every penny and if you want mm-hmm. something like i would still say like it's a pretty easy easy game i would mm-hmm. say like it's 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 got a lot of pieces to it but overall i think what is it is it like a 10 and up game because i would say a pretty good 10 year old could probably play it um i would let me let me look it up real quick <laughs> i don't um, have it pulled up <laughs> I, I actually had looked at this game a couple times um and then I happened to be talking to this random person in the game store because he he kind of <laughs> Somehow we ended up talking about like board games, and I recommended Sagrada, obviously. <laughs> um, but he rec- he recommended this game to me. He said it was one of his like all time favorite games, mm-hmm. and I can I can definitely see why. And it's it's a newer game, so it's definitely available. You can definitely mm-hmm. go buy mm-hmm. it like right now. Yes. and it also has a couple of expansions, and uh, with the expansions it 
does add extra boards to it, so it makes the board even bigger. So I would say, like, the only negative, if I could even say it's a negative about this game, is it does take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think it's totally worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Because um, I, I, think... I guess the base game came out in t- 2018. Totally missed that. Oh. But. Yeah, that was three three years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> we but lost the, the whole year. The newer expansions came out in like 2020. I think. And I think there was a Kickstarter of it recently-ish that probably was what kickstarted it uh, like the kickstarter probably was like oh you get the base game and these two expansions mm. kind of thing which it looks like there's a lot of expansions for this I've, actually i feel like i've seen quite a bit of expansions i've, I've just seen the two i've seen pearl brook which is like a a pond expansion and then there's uh Belfair, which is one I actually picked up recently, and it adds kind of like a festival to it. And the festival has like a trading thing that they added to it and more objectives that you can get uh and mix into the game. Um but looking on this, it's uh one to four players, which we totally forgot to start with the other games. <laughs> Oops. Uh, but it's saying thirteen plus, but the community says it's about ten plus. Okay, so yeah, I, can... I I think you could play it with you know, not super young kids, but you know, I think kids any... that have an understanding of resource management. And... I think it would be a a good way of like teaching yeah. them that. And I think like definitely at least kids who can read, because yeah. there's not like a ton of reading. But unless you want to like play it like kind of like open handed, you would have to like explain all the cards. So I think as long as it's it's a kid who can read and understand, I think yeah. it would be a, a pretty good like it's it's so freaking adorable. Like <laughs> Like not to get like super complicated, but like I almost feel like teaching a kid a resource management game could be very helpful like, development-wise for them as far as, like, because you just replace the resource with money. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, if you want this item, you have to save up your resources Mm -hmm. or your money to be able to get this item. Like, it could be a good transition into something more realistic, I think, and Mm -hmm. help them understand, like, you have to, like, manage things properly Mm -hmm. if you want the outcome that you want kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, I really like the, the Redwall series, and this really mm-hmm. reminded me of that kind of atmosphere and the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I, ju- I just, the, the artwork is so cute and so gorgeous. There's, like, little things like, going on in the background of everything, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> and one of my favorite things is there's a farm... That you can get, and then to get the farm, you can get a husband and a wife, and the husband and a wife can share a space because they're together, and it's just so cute. So cute. <laughs> they're just a cute little family. Yeah, I I really, 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 really enjoyed Everdale, and I really want to. 
pick it up. Dude, you myself. dominated with berries. I like know, so many berries because I don't even know how you got so many <laughs> berries. Like that's never so, happened in a game before or since we've well, played. We because you can like there's different cards that add like other like places for your worker to go. And one of the cards that we had had for our game was was it an extra space for berries. And you got, I think, three berries on it. It was like a ridiculous oh, yeah. amount of berries. It was like one of the uh, forest cards. Yeah. And everybody kept taking all the places I wanted. So I was like, well, you I'm just going to get the berries. Logs. And they're like, no, we're taking the logs. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> so I'm I taking had, all the berries. I had, I think, like 15 berries. And I'm like, do berries give yeah. me points at the end of the game? And you're like, no. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Usually you use berries to buy things or buy critters, but you were getting all your critters for free. I was. Somehow. I know. I had a so lot you of... you didn't need to I didn't, spend berries. I didn't, yeah. And we didn't, weren't getting um, our critters out in the the field either. Like we oh, had, yeah, we had like, so many buildings. buildings. We didn't have any critters. Yeah. It was quite critterless. We're all quite yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah, but that that is one thing. So on the board itself, there are spaces for resources, but then there's um, empty spaces, which are cards. So the cards you will place face up. So it will be different every game, and so it's like. Depending on how many players, it's like three or, or four extra spaces where you can get resources, and the resources available change depending on what court cards you have out. So sometimes you might have like you know all the berries possible, <laughs> and then at other games you might just be stuck with like whatever's printed on the board, which is like you can only get one berry at a time, yeah, or something. Yeah, it was. Like, yeah, typically, like, stones and berries are, like, the hardest resources to get unless there's, like, a card out that lets you get more of those resources. Yeah, we were definitely all swimming in berries, but, yeah, the stones were very hard to get. We were all scrambling to get those stones. Yeah. The logs, like in most games, are the easiest uh, thing to get. The logs! And then, <laughs> and then the resin is, like, easier to get, like, I think... It's not, Unless there's, like, another card out. There's, like, you can get two on a turn yeah. or something. And it's not, like, as long as, as you can needed. get three. Yeah, I feel like the, the resin, like, there was a couple cards that needed it, but it wasn't, like, a lot. But it's, like, a lot yeah. of the buildings needed at least, like, one stone. And yeah. you're like, oh, hey. <laughs> get one stone, yeah. you spend so, one stone. <laughs> typically with, like, the resources, like, the buildings, you need, like, log resin and stone, which makes sense. Like, you need logs and stone to like make the building and the resin's kind of like the glue that holds holds everything together together. (laughs) which i think is also super cute like thematic wise and then like i said like the berries are one of the ways to get critters but you never use like any of the other resources to get critters Mm -hmm. that's why i just had a ridiculous amount of berries because yeah didn't didn't need need it for buildings but i just kept getting them (laughs) I think that's why they did add that mechanic because, like, they added like a couple ways to get critters. Like, it's not just berries, mm-hmm. but I like I like that. I I like the theme. So, like, if you if you get the inn, that will let you get the innkeeper. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, they're like the power of the building and the power of the critter kind of work together. So, I think thematically, it's super cute, and as a game overall 
it's it's super fun. I really, really enjoy this game mm-hmm. a lot. A plus plus. Yeah, it's one of my favorite worker placements <laughs> ever. <laughs> They're all my favorite worker placements ever. Yeah, that's true. Worker placement's just good. So but that's that that's Everdale. Everdale. Um, so I didn't really have another worker placement game that I have played to talk about. But I did want to bring this one up because I really like the video game. Ooh. And I've been, I've heard a lot of pretty good things about it. Um, and it's really pretty and it's really thematic. And it is Stardew Valley, the board game. Ooh. And it, it is a worker placement game. Um, and it's one to four players. So this is information I'm getting off of Board Game Geek. And it says on Breaking Geek, it's 45 minutes to 200 minutes. It's <laughs> a long game. Yeah. But, so this is, the the mechanics that's listed for it is cooperative, dice rolling, die icon, die icon, resolution, events, point-to-point movement, um, worker placement. This does, you know, you can play one to four players. So it's it does have the solo, solo game. But, solo. And as is the case with a lot of solo games, it's a cooperative game, and and it's based on Stardew Valley, the video game. And I've heard a lot of people say that it it actually works really well in the board game format, um, and it flows really nicely. I think they already have a couple of expansions for it too when did it i want to say it came out last year when did you come out 2021 21 okay so just came out this this, we're still in 2021 came out this year (laughs) um yeah i think they already have at least one expansion out for it but so you're you know from what i'm gathering you're collecting items and you probably only have so many workers to collect items or maybe you only have one worker to collect an item um and your goal is to complete grandpa's goals and restore the community center so if you're one of those like loser people who like get the jojo mart membership you're an ass and you wouldn't like this game (laughs) don't do it but and it's it's got like seasons and I mean I've heard really good things about it. I don't know a super whole lot about it, but just from like the pictures that of it I've seen and just kind of like what people are saying about it, like obviously it's a video game put into board game format. It can only do so much to like recreate that sort of experience. But a lot of people have said it actually keeps the feel of the video game very well and it's still a lot of fun. So uh, I'd like to at least try to play it at least once. It's kind of a little bit of a, hey, this game exists and it seems really, really cool. Oh, Stardew Valley, the board game. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back through because I'm apparently a noob at this and completely forgot. So Stone Age <laughs> is two to four players. <laughs> And runs 60 to 90 minutes. Okay. 
Kingsburg <laughs> is two to five players and runs about 90 minutes. Okay. You got some longer ones in there. Yeah. Everdale is one to four players and is 40 to 80 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that's... One thing I think with some of these two is uh, also depends on, like, who you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And how you can come up as a group to cut down on time. Um, Because I know I've played Stone Age. Uh, We taught, like, usually it's just, like, Mike and I because it does go down to two players. So it goes relatively quickly because it's just two people. So it's just, like, a lot of back and forth. But we did finally play it with four players. And it took a while. Mm -hmm. And I, I know some worker placements, like, you're supposed to do it, like, Okay, you take back your worker, do the thing. Then they take back a worker, do the thing. Then they take back a mm-hmm. worker, do Then they take back. And we found that it's faster if, like, one person just takes, gets all their people back, takes all their actions. Then the next person takes all their people back, does all their actions. Mm-hmm. Like, because in Stone Age, like, the order in which, like, people do certain things, as long as you do them in the right order on your turn... Like, their resources don't necessarily affect your resources. Mm. So it didn't really matter to us that that somebody did all their stuff in one go. And it did make the game go a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just more so, like, pay attention to the rules. If turn order does matter for picking your resources, then definitely follow turn order. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing something like that, then... Do it however will be quickest for you to save some time because yeah. I know if a game drags on too long, people start to lose stop yeah. or start to lose interest in the game and just don't want to play anymore. Yeah, because so I try to have fun. Yeah, with the, the longer <laughs> games. Yeah, because I feel like worker placement games they they have that slight problem of everybody takes their turn and can take like a while like strategizing their turn and deciding like how they want to move their pieces or like where they want to move them to and like everybody else is like already know what they're doing (laughs) sort of thing so it's like (laughs) there definitely always seems to be like one person that like struggles a little bit on what they want to do um so i i i Sometimes it can get messed up, but I usually try to plan out what I'm going to do while other people are taking their turn, because it's not something where you have to super be paying attention to what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more so like every person for themselves, but there is a little bit of, there There can be a little bit of a take that by somebody taking a spot mm-hmm. that you wanted to go to. Yeah. So it's usually good to be like, I'm going to plan on doing this but if somebody does this then i'm going to do this like it's good yeah. to have like a couple plans Backup plan <laughs> to like not only to help you with your strategy like okay well if somebody does this it's not too big of a deal i can still do this mm-hmm. uh, but it also just helps the turns go faster if you're thinking about what you're doing while people everybody else is going yeah, and I'll um, say, like, the thing about worker placements is you don't, because, like, I, sometimes I think, like, we're too nice when we play, and we're like, oh, no, if you want to do that, you can do that. I'll go do something else so you can do that on your turn, and it's like, so sometimes worker placements can be 
a little bit aggressive and it's okay mm. to be a little bit aggressive like it's kind of the point of them is like if you want your resource you and it's your turn go after that resource just because the person next wants that resource like if you need it you get your resource don't don't wait yeah. around <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like ag- again stone age for an example like everybody wanted to go to the mating hut yeah, to get more workers because <laughs> yeah. like it does help you later game um but like the first person token rotates mm-hmm. like after each round yeah so usually the first person to go would go to the mating hut or or even to the harvest like track like because you want to get your harvest up so you, there's less food you have to hunt every turn because mm-hmm. you're growing the food so a lot of times like those one of those spots would be like the first spot to be taken well if you didn't think about it and you didn't put your worker there you're probably not going to get it because somebody else is going to go there yeah yeah so it it is it can be a little cutthroat for certain spots but it that's not what the games are all about yeah like there's more strategy and more things that you can do yeah and if there is a situation where you know, the worker placement game, there's, like, a slightly more coveted spot because there's only, like, one spot there sort of thing. Generally, the first player token kind of goes around the table, too. Like, it's not always, like, the same play order just because of those situations. I feel like a lot of the time the game developers do think of things like that and try to mitigate, like, kind of, like, power gaming, so to speak, of, like, one player just dominating because they're always first and they always take certain actions but yeah like kind of like on the flip side it's like you can only get so many of one resource before you need to get another resource too yeah and i there is usually a couple different ways that they handle the first player um sometimes it is in the rules like after every round it it moves to the next person. Like, so everybody has a chance of being the first player. Um, but there is sometimes the, the first player is like part of the worker placement mechanic. Like mm-hmm. there is a certain spot you have to go to, mm-hmm. to get the first player token. And if nobody else goes to that spot, you're going to keep the first player token. Yeah. So then yeah. that, in that case, it's kind of on the other players. Like if they really want to go first, mm-hmm. they have to go to that spot. Yeah, and sometimes that's part of the strategy like sometimes Mm -hmm. you you need to go first so you can get a certain resource and Mm -hmm. that that version kind of lets you play into that Mm -hmm. a little bit more yeah because that's that's kanagawa kind of has that function a little bit where you can choose to be first player but a lot of the time like i would say sometimes but i mean i guess i've only ever played it two player i think it it'll change it more for like a three or four player game with getting more people involved about like changing who goes first but as far as like a two player game goes it's not like a super big deal on who's going first so to speak right well i do have one more game one more game. One more game. And this one has a lot of components to it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This one is probably one of the more complicated worker placement games I have played. But it is fun. And the theme to it's pretty fun. So it's called 
The Lost Runes of Arnak. Oh. It is one to four players. It is 30 to 120 minutes. So this one can run longer. And I think it's one of those situations, it probably depends on how many people are playing. Like, obviously, the more people you have, the longer it's going to take. Mm-hmm. And this one, most of them do scale, and this one does scale. So, like, if it's just two players, like, some things will be closed off. And if there's three players, like, not as much will be closed off. And as four players, like, the whole board is available to you. Um, but this one, what I think this one makes this a little bit more complicated is it's a worker placement and a deck building game. Okay. That, I think, just kind of, that kind of explains it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the game. That's the game. It's worker placement, deck building. All right, you got it. <laughs> uh, so this one is another one where it's a set amount of rounds. So it's five rounds and that's it so for me it felt like it went pretty fast but we were playing two player and like i said some things get closed off with two players Mm. but this one there's a couple different tracks to keep track of (laughs) um so there's like the the island where you can explore and get resources but you have to travel to get to them and to travel you have to spend certain cards which is kind of where like the cards come in but you have to like buy the cards and you you start off with like a starting hand like you would with a work uh with a deck builder like in deck builders uh everybody always starts off with the same hand but as you buy cards like your deck is going to be a little bit different than you know, everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So it's one of that. So the cards is how you uh, initially get resources and how you can travel. And then you can buy cards that do other things and let you do different traveling. So there's um, uh, cars, boats, and then... Um, I So, like, obviously, if you have a, a place that requires a car, you have to play a car. If a place requires a boat, you have to pay a boat. But I think on the cards, there's some um, airplanes, and the airplanes allow you to do, you know, whichever. And then this one also has, like, monsters in it. So if you go to a location and you discover something, then a monster will come out, and then you also have to, like, fight it. Otherwise, there'll be, like, a, a nightmare penalty to you. And so, like, because obviously, like, you're discovering this, like, lost ancient thing. Mm-hmm. And so you're, it's going to give you nightmares. It's, yeah. it's big and scary. Spooky. <laughs> um, but you can fight those, and then you, they will give you, like, bonus points if you do defeat them. But like I said, if you can't, then you will take um, nightmare cards, which are negative points. And then there's also the Lost Temple track. So with the Lost Temple track, like, you you go up the track, but you have to spend resources to go up the track, and then it will give you, like, bonuses depending on, like, what level you're at. Mm-hmm. And then if you can make it all the way to the top, um, like, the first person to get there will get 23 points, the second person 21, and, like, so on and so forth. So you kind of want to try to get through that track, like, 
as much as possible because the higher you get, the more points you get. And if you can finish it, you get a big chunk of bonus mm -hmm. points. And then um, if you get all the way to the top, you can spin a resource and you'll get like a, a bonus tile, which will also have like more bonus points on it. So like not only do you want to explore, you also want to uh, keep track of the Lost Temple track. Um, and then there's like assistance that you can hire because the whole theme is kind of like an Indiana Jones, like Laura Croft, like explore exploration theme. So you can get assistance to help you in your exploration and they will give you bonuses. Like maybe they'll let you discard a card or they'll give you a resource for free or they'll give you a choice between resources. And then, um, I think you can even like upgrade them to like, they start off on like a gold side and then you can flip them over or they start off on like a silver side and you can flip them over to a gold side and their gold side is even better than their silver side. Ah. Like, like say an assistant will give you an either or on the silver side and then they'll give you both on the gold side. Mm -hmm. Something like that. So this one I think is definitely more complicated. There's definitely a lot more going on. There isn't a score tracker around the board on this one, but there is a way to you know, keep track of your points. Um, I, I was almost like, oh, so this is a Euro trash game. And I'm like, that's not the right word. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Euro apparently, trash. Apparently only America has trash. <laughs> Um, I guess, like, everything that you get, like, token-wise and card-wise has, like, points on it. So at the end of the game, you just have to go through and add up. Oh, all that you've, like, like all your, done. All your points. But yeah. there's no actual, like, tracker for the points like there are on all the other ones. Mm, yeah, I guess that is true. No, I guess Everdale doesn't either. That one you just have to, like, You're add up your points and be yeah. like, yeah, I have this many points. Yeah. Another thing that's kind of fun about this game is, like, it's got, like, the the basic side, and then on the other side of the map is another map, but it's, like, more difficult. So it actually does have, like, an uh, easy and hard oh, difficulty okay. to it. Oh, okay. Nice. Which I thought was, was kind of fun. And I, I think the, the difference is just, like, the layout of how things are. Like, on the, for, like, the, the little temple thingy, um, like, I think on the, the harder side, it's just maybe more difficult to go up the track mm. than what it is on the easier side. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's got a lot going on, I'm not gonna lie, and when, it's a, it's a big box. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty decent sized box, and... I love punchies, which punchies are just like the cardboard things where you gotta Punch out. poke out all the pieces. <laughs> I call them punchies. I love punchies, but this comes with so many punchies and so many baggies. Oh boy. Like, it it's it definitely looks 
super intimidating and I would say that this is probably one of the bigger rule books that we have for the worker placements Hmm. but it does include you know all the rules it does break down everything that you can do on your turn it gives you lots of examples um on like how they're played out so it, it I feel like this explains the rules very well and there is also a solo variant, which mm. it goes through the solo variant as well, which, you know, a game is big and kind of complicated when they have an appendix mm, in, yeah. in the rule book. <laughs> but um, on the back, and I'll, if, I'm sure if you've played a lot of games in general, um, but worker placements, there's usually like a turn order thing on the back of the rule book mm-hmm. just to help you go through like the turns pretty quickly this one does not but it it does have like all the keywords and the effects and um action effects on the back of the rule book so if you're like oh i don't remember what this symbol means it's on the back of the rule book it's easy to find you don't have to go searching for it in the rule book itself um so i think even though it's a little bit more complicated there's a little bit more going on they handle it very well in the rule book. Like, I sat down one day, just read through the rule book, and was like, okay, let's play. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's not that's not too bad. It's just, like, for all the pieces, they have to explain what each and everything does. But, like, once it's yeah. explained, you don't – you might need, to like, a refresher on, like, okay, yeah, this, this thing does this. But otherwise, it's a fairly straightforward – they just have to explain – you know, yeah. all their meanings and, and everything. And this one, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. This one, it's like sometimes if it's a bigger uh, game like this, I'll sit with the pieces in front of me. And while I'm reading through the rule book, I'll pull the pieces out and look at them and be like, oh, mm, that's what that means. Like familiarize um, yourself. Yeah. But also, uh, sometimes it doesn't hurt to just have the rule book. And as you play, somebody's like, okay, I want to do this. Then you find it in the rule book, mm-hmm. read what it does, and you follow the steps mm-hmm. in the rule book, and then you move on. Like, you mm-hmm. just kind of go through each one and read through the rule book as you're playing for the first time. And mm-hmm. I think, personally, that helps me a lot, mm-hmm. like, with understanding the rules. Like, we will sit and discuss the rules until it makes sense, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. And then after a couple rounds, you don't need the rule book anymore. Yeah. So... So yeah, Lost Runes of Arnak. Lost Runes of Arnak. Yay, worker placements. Give me a little placements. like you know, the little like wee 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 thing that you spin around in your hand. Yeah. I've actually started Again. doing that because of you. So <laughs> your fault. It's my fault. Uh, worker placements are like awesome, just yep. all around good, solid, easy to play. If I I I definitely think they're they're more on the strategy side. Mm-hmm. So if you're into like the light, super quick games, these are not for you. No, yeah. But if you're wanting something a little bit more complicated, a little bit more strategy to it, a mm-hmm. little bit more of a thinking game, and you have friends that are into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, 
I highly recommend trying a worker placement. Mm. There's tons of themes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you'll find something that appeals to you. Very much. And they all play... I mean, the worker placement, like, it's it's going to be pretty much the same. Like, you place somebody down, you get resources. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the general gist of a worker placement. But they all play pretty differently, I I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's really any two worker placements that are exactly the same to the point mm-hmm. where you're like, ugh, I've played this game so many times. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a different combination of different mechanics in each one mm-hmm. that you could play multiple ones and it's never the same game and yeah. you might even find a certain combination that you prefer. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe you like uh, the worker placement with the tableau building, mm-hmm. or you like worker placement with the um, deck building, or mm-hmm. maybe you don't like that extra mechanic. You just like worker placement, mm-hmm. and so there's some games that don't really add a whole lot of extra to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just so many combinations of yeah. worker placements out there. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's totally okay to like not like certain game types, because I know like um deck builders were very very popular and like everybody was like making deck builders or you know you had like six different deck builders and it's it's okay to not like a game mechanic that's like really really popular and hot and happening right now i feel like worker placements are doing pretty well right now there's there's a lot of new good ones out for worker placements but like if that's if worker placements aren't your jam that's cool but i would say just like most things at least give it a try because mm-hmm. you don't know until you try because yeah. i mean if you like set collecting maybe you'll like takedo that has that worker placement and set collecting sort of combo and it's not as like heavy on the worker placement as something like maybe like stone age would be where it is Mm. mostly worker placement so like find find a mix that suits you find a theme that suits you there there's always something for everybody out there sure is and i think that'll kind of roll us into the question for this week like what what's your favorite type of game mechanic yeah yeah that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) that's a great question i don't even know what my favorite is oh i think yours is like the rolling rights Probably. I do like those. I I don't know. Like I I also really like drafting games, I think. Mm. I like uh I do like deck building games. There's always mm. something get a little joy out of like building that like deck in the game. Just like hits the right spots for me. Yeah. I I I think I mean, just like everything in my life, I like a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I can't pick a favorite movie because it's like, what genre? Oh like, yeah, it's like I have a favorite movie in like every, every genre. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> so it, it's kind of one of those things. Like, what's your favorite, you know, game of all time? 
I don't know, but if you like what's your favorite specific mechanic, I might have more of an answer for yeah. you. Yeah, because like at, looking at my shelf, like our deck building section has quite a a bigger section, but it's because there's a lot of games that they have deck building, but it's not necessarily like the main component. I would say, yeah. but it has it in there i would almost say that worker placements probably are the biggest section Mm -hmm. on our shelf we have probably like 10 worker placements where Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say we have 10 of any other Mm. (laughs) specific type of game (laughs) okay throwing things (laughs) just like just like i'm gonna lay down whoop (laughs) I love cats just like, this is my spot. <laughs> well, he went to go lay down, but he like, like I had my legs down, so they were kind of slanted downward, and he didn't like calculate for that. <laughs> he like laid down and started rolling. <laughs> no! <laughs> Joey! But yeah, like, I, I am a super big fan. It doesn't always make it out. Because they are heavier, so you do need to take more time for those. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're wanting a quick game, not work replacement. Yeah. Yeah. But we sure. do enjoy them a lot. For sure. For sure. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. Got our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord. TikTok. And now we have a TikTok. Wow. We're just adding on all the platforms. All, all the platforms. So probably seeing lots of fun little skits and videos. Uh, if you want to see like a TikTok trend, just hit us up. Let us know what TikTok trend you want to see us doing. Or if you got a uh, board game episode suggestions, let us know. Yeah, we want, want to. We want to talk about things you want to hear. Mm-hmm. We've definitely got some some things planned, but if it's something you really want to hear about, we'll definitely try to stick it in there somewhere. Like an example, we specifically were requested our t- our Kickstarter episode, so we made a Kickstarter episode. Uh, we have gotten a request for a solo game episode, so we made a solo game episode. So it's not something like, oh, give us suggestions, and we totally blow them off. Like... When we get a suggestion, like, that is the next thing on our to-do list. Yes. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ricky. I was going to say, and this has been rare. This is rare. 